Uh, we're up to the end of Lamed Aleph, Hamid Beis. The, the last two words of the Amid. The Gemara says, Iboyluhu. The Kasha is, Vishel Mi. Meaning, who's, um, who's obligated to pay for Kivar of Aim? Is the son obligated, right, we said yesterday, Kivar of Aim is to give your parents food and drink. Who has to pay for that? There's two ways to look at it. You could look at it as the son is obligated just to serve them, but he's not obligated to pay and supply the food and supply the drink and to, to pay money for it. Or no, Bishel Ben. The, the, the son is not only obligated to spend his time, he's obligated to spend his resources. Now every mitzvah say you have to spend up to a fifth. I'm assuming the Gemara means past that fifth or even up to that fifth. Maybe you're not mechuyiv to, maybe Kivavim is more, you're obligated to take care of them with their items, not with yours. So the Gemara says, it's a machlekes. Rabbi Yudah Oymer Michel Ben, Rabbi Yudah says that the son is obligated to spend money to supply the things for Kivavim. Rav Nassim Barayishi Amr Michel Av, Rav Nassim Barayishi says, no, the father is obligated, not the son. So we're going to have a lot of kashas and rayas based on this. So Arilei Rabbanu L'Rav Yirmiya V'Amrila L'Bred Rav Yirmiya The rabbis gave up sack to Rav Yirmiya and some say it was Rav Yirmiya's son. Command the Amr Mishalav. That they say that they, they pass him that the father has to supply his own. The son is not obligated to spend money on Kivar There's no obligation to spend money on Kivar Now here's the kasha. We had yesterday kavedis avicha vesimecha. You're obligated to honor your parents. V'nemer kavedis Hashem mahoincha And it says honor, your, honor Hashem with money. So the connection is The explanation is as follows: Just like by kavedis Hashem just like honoring Hashem, you have to spend money. So too kavedis So too you have to spend money by honoring your parents as well. So the question is like this: You're telling me that the father has to spend money over here. The gebraisa clearly states there has to be a chisarin kiss. You have to spend money. So do you spend money or not? So the gemara says. Now, if you say that the father is spending the money, then my Then what does it mean? You have to say he says uh, that there has to be. You have to spend money for kivravim. But if the money's coming from the dad's pocket, then what, what does it matter to me? It implies from this brisa that the son has to spend money. So how could you say that it's Michelle Av? So the Gemara answers malacha. The answer is. When the Brisa says you have to spend money, it doesn't mean that the son has to spend money. It means the son is obligated to spend his time. Meaning, we really can pass in that it's Michel Av, that the father is obligated to spend money. The son does not have to spend a penny on Kivrovim. I, the Brisa, indicates that he's going to lose out on money. The answer is he's going to lose out on his time. you got to spend your time, and time is money also, right? That means that if he's a lawyer, and every hour he spends, uh, he bills $100, he's not going to be able to build that $100. That's the Chesar and Kis. So it's not that he has to spend money. It means he has to spend his time. And his time could, that, that's what it means. Meaning, you can't say, you can't say, I, I can't spend my time. My time is money. No. You have to spend your time. You don't have to spend. So when it says, it means time, not actual cash. So reverse that. For, huh? For services by Shem also. My time is, why is that not? But there we have to give money. It's interesting. That's a good question. Meaning he's saying the reverse part of it, like the, the source is, I guess you'd have to say it's not identical. Meaning, when you learn out that the spending of money by Kivar of Aim is not the same spending money as Kavadis Hashem you'll have to say that, yes. It's a good point. They're both spending money. One is money in time, and one is money in money. I guess so. It's interesting. <laughs> so Tashima, the Brisa says, feels good, right? So, Tashima, 
Um, okay, we had this recently that when you're poide maisasheni, right? That means that if you want to transfer the holiness, maisasheni has to be in Yerushalayim. If let's say you don't want to spend the, that you can't, the, the fruit is not gonna is not gonna make it to Yerushalayim. It's gonna rot. So you do is you transfer the holiness onto cash. The halacha is that if you're transferring your own holiness, meaning I'm spending my own, it's my fruit, and I'm tra- I'm doing the transferring onto cash. I have to add a surcharge of twenty percent, a fifth. If you're spending the money, you don't have to add a surcharge. Why would you be spending the money? You're doing me a favor. Okay, fine. So if you're transferring holiness for me, you don't have to add a surcharge. The Gemara has, the, the price is dealing with the following. The first part of the price is not related, but the second part is, Beis Achim, you have two brothers, or Shnei Shutzvim, or two business partners, or a Abu Bno, or a father and a son, or a Rabbi Talmud, or a Rabbi and a student. They're able to transfer the holiness for each other, and they don't have to add a surcharge. Meaning, if you have two brothers... And they all both have my sesheni. I I could transfer the holiness of my sesheni for my brother. I don't have to add a surcharge because I'm an outside factor. He as well can do it for me. Meaning we don't say the fact that we're two brothers and we're doing it for each other. You have to add a surcharge. Adding a surcharge is only when the baal, the owner of the fruit, does it. Over here, I'm doing my brother's fruit and he's doing my fruit. Although one could argue when the two brothers and they're doing it for each other, maybe the Torah would want you to add a surcharge. You, add a, you have to add a surcharge if you add, if you transfer the holiness, if you're sheni of your own fruit, you have to add a surcharge. If you're sheni of other people's fruits, you don't have to. The question is, when you, no, the money has to be spent in your shalim. So the question is, when you add a surcharge, that means you'd have to spend 20% more on your shalim. So the question is, when you have two brothers that are doing it, I could look at it as, uh, it's like the Baal, and you have to add a surcharge. No, the Bryce says no. A father-son, two brothers, two business partners, a rabbi and a Talmud, can transfer the holiness for each other onto money, and they don't have to add a surcharge. Okay. Now, so far that's not related, but here's the second part that's related. Umachil and ani. They're allowed to feed each other with maiser ani produce. Right? Maiser ani is given to poor people. Think of it as maiser money. Right? You could spend maiser money on each other. I Meaning, if you have two brothers that are very poor, they both can give maiser to each other and, and feed each other. Okay. Now, what, what's one of the cases? Why is this related? One of the cases is a father and a son. That means a son can pay his father's bills with maiser money if his father's poor. Makes sense. But wait a minute. If I'm obligated to spend money for kibbutz of aim, how am I allowed to use maaser money? Right? You're not allowed to use maaser money to take care of your personal responsibilities. Right? If you have a bill, a bill to pay, you can't use maaser money to pay your bills because it's a bill. So if I am obligated to spend money on kibbutz of aim as the son, how could I use maaser money to pay kibbutz of aim? If I'm not obligated, if the father's obligated, so it's just a mitzvah of mine. So the father's poor, I could spend my some money to pay for my father's food. But if I'm obligated to pay for it, how could I use my some money to pay for my obligations? You can't use my some money to, to pay for your chiyuvim. You could use my some money to pay for additional mitzvahs, but not for chiyuvim. Right? We talked about yesterday with like a tuition, right? If you're obligated to teach your son Torah, you can't use Maisa money to pay for tuition because you can't use Maisa for your obligations. If I'm obligated to spend money on Kiv Ravim, how could I, how could I use Maisa to pay for Kiv Ravim? So the Gemara says... Supporting You're not obligated once they hit a certain age. I'll give you an extreme example. When they're in Israel learning for the year, you're not obligated to pay for them. They're just aniyim that happen to be related to you that you're not obligated. You're right. You would not be able, when you have a three-year-old baby... A three-year-old baby is poor because he doesn't have money. So you're going to say, I'm going to spend all my money on diapers and we use my mice money. No, because you're obligated as a father to, to take care of him. 
So therefore, you cannot use meiser to take care of your chiyuvim for your child. Now, once they hit a certain age, then the chiyuv stops as a father, and then you could use meiser money. The point is, if kivravim is a chiyuv that I have to spend for, then how can I use meiser money to pay for my chiyuv? So the Gemara answers, The answer is, you're not spending meiser money on the ikr chiyuv, you're spending money on the additional, meaning... For, Correct, exactly. Right? When it comes to Meiser, right, let's say tuition, right? let's say Matana Slavianum is a good, good, good case. You're not allowed to use Meiser money for your Matana Slavianum because you're obligated to pay for Matana Slavianum. But how much is Matana Slavianum? So let's say you go to the Chiv $10. I want to give $1,000. So I can get used 990 for Meiser because that's above and beyond the obligation. The so too it is with Kivar you're obligated to spend money on Kivar Vayim. So are you using Meiser to pay for your Kivar Vayim? The answer is you're not spending Meiser for the Iker Chiv of Kivar Vayim. Meaning, how much are you obligated to spend for Kivar Vayim? The average amount, right? Let's say Kivar Vayim, assume the son has to pay. How much does he have to pay? He has to supply the father with the average meal, which is a, two slices of pizza and a soda. That's the average meal, let's say. Let's say the father says, I'd like something nicer. I haven't had, I'm really hungry. I, I would love Hapiska. I haven't had a steak in a very long time. So for that, when it says you could use Meiser to pay for that, it doesn't mean to pay, you deduct the difference between pizza and, 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 and a steak, and you pay for the steak. That's what it means. So you can't pay the actual chiyah from Meiser on you, but it means the hadafa, the, amount, the money on top, that's you spending for Meiser money. Okay, fine. Obviously, in a way, that's permissible. The way it would be permissible is if the father is a wealthy person. Now, he used to be wealthy, and he's used to steak, so you're obligated to supply him with what he needs. But mitzad kivar v'eim, you're not obligated. Mitzad kivar v'eim, you're yoyed to the mitzvah by giving him regular food. But you're allowed to use meiser money to, 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 to bridge the gap. Now, here's the problem. So you're telling me that when this b'risa says you're allowed to use meiser money on a father, it's not the ikr kivar v'eim, it's just like the... The, the cream on top, the cherry on top, meaning the stuff that's above and beyond. Here's the problem. The problem is there's a brysa, that I was going to quote right now, the brysa ends off by saying that while you could use meiser ani to pay for your father, for kivar v'eim, but a curse should come on such a person. Because it's a bazillion to the father that you're using meiser money to pay for his chiyuvim. So let me ask you a question. If you're talking about just the cherry on top, I'm going to get cursed for using the cherry on top. Like I understand, listen, if, if I, my obligations, kivar v'eim, Let's say the father needs $100 a month to survive. And you're saying that, that I'm obligated as the son to supply for. And I cannot use my Eastern money to supply that because that's being yoked to my obligations. Fine. And when the Bryce says I'm allowed to, that means anything above 100 Anything that's like niceties. So you're telling me that the, there's going to be a curse on someone? I understand if you spend Meiser money on the Iker $100, you spend Meiser money on your Iker Kivar of Aim, a curse on such a person. There's going to be a curse on someone that goes above and beyond. So the Gemara says, The Brisa ends off by saying, A curse should come on such a person. A curse should fall on a person that uses Meiser uh, assuming obviously he has means. Uh, obviously, if, if, the, if the son is also poor, then of course he could use Meiser because he has no choice. But the point is, if the son is wealthy and he just says, oh, I'll use my Meiser money to cover my father, a curse should fall on such a person. Now, if you're telling me that you're not actually talking about the Iker Chiv, you're talking about the nice cities on top, you're talking about buying steaks, a curse should fall on such a person? The answer is yes. Yes. A curse should fall on such a person because for a person to, to take care of his parents using tzedakah money is a bazillion to the parent. And if the son could afford it, he should not be doing so. I just want to make this clear. If the son cannot afford it, then of course you could use tzedakah money. That's obviously what it's allowed. We're talking about a case where the son is fabulously wealthy. And he's like, listen, I, I make a million dollars a month. 
So I got $100,000 in Meiser. I'll use it on my father. That is a, a curse should fall on such a person. I am just using it above and beyond. The answer is still, it's a bizarre that your father should have to. You're making your father an Oni. That's the pshat, by the way. Because if you just give your father money, your father's getting a gift. But you're paying out of Meiser, you now turn your father into an Oni. Maybe rightfully so, but why do you have to do that? And therefore, a curse should fall on such a person. Okay, Vayit in the Gemara. Toshima. Shalu es Rav The es Rav Liyazar. What is the extent of Kivir? We had this yesterday. How, what's the extreme example of Kivir? So I'm The cases where your father takes a wallet in front of you, throws it into the toilet, and flushes it down the toilet, throws it into the river, and goes away, and you don't get upset. That's Kivir. Now let me ask you a question: Whose wallet is that? So it depends, right? If I'm, if the son is obligated to pay for the father, that means that it's the son's wallet. But if you, if you hold that the son is not obligated to pay for the father, that means it can't be the son's wallet because he's not allowed to do that. It means it's the father's wallet. So let me ask you a question. If it's the father's wallet, is it such a chiddush? Meaning, the, the Gemara is saying, you know, it's a big, a big grace. He takes a wallet in front of you, flushes it down the toilet, you don't even say anything. Now, if you hold that the son is not obligated to pay, that means whose wallet is it? It means it's the father's wallet. So it's such a big chiddush that I'm not getting upset that he's flushing his own wallet down the toilet. Like yeah. what? Oh, so the answer is beyond Michelle Av. I'm going to separate you two. My Now, if if the answer is if if the father is obligated to pay, that means that whose wallet is the father's wallet. So what's this? What's such a big chiddush that he's not getting upset? The answer is yes. Yarsha. The case is the, the son's like. That's my inheritance. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not the son's money, but it will be the son's money when the old man passes away. And the son's like, I, I, that's money I could use. And the fact that he doesn't get upset is a big chiddush. Now, the Gemara just ends, we mentioned the concept of a father breaking something and the son not getting upset. So let's mention a story about this. So Rav Huna had a son, Rabba Bar Rav Huna, and Rav Huna wanted to test the son, so he ripped up silk in front of him to see if he would get upset. So the Gemara says, I want to check to see, uh, to test if he's going to get angry. Why? The, okay, so the Gemara, why he's testing, I'm not sure. But the Gemara says, is it halachically permissible to test your son? So the Gemara says, if he gets upset, then he'll be over on Kivra Vaim. You're testing the sun, right? You, you, you're taking the, your, your silk and you're ripping it in front of the sun to see if he gets angry. Let's say he does get angry. He starts yelling at you. It's Kivra Vaim. See, it's Lifna Eva. You're causing him to stumble. Why are you allowed to do that? So the answer is, the case is the father, before he did this, said, I'm Michael if he gets upset. Right? You could be Michael on Kivra Vaim. I'm Michael if he gets upset. Obviously, not if he hits him. I'm not talking about that. But if he, if he gets upset, I'll be Michael, so it won't it won't be a naver of chsar and kuvay. I'm Michael, I'm covered. So the Kamara says, okay, it's baltashlis. Just destroy stuff. That's a waste. The answer is the aver He ripped it on the seams, so he was able to sew it back up. It didn't ruin the silk. So his test was to see if he's going to get upset, but he, he ripped it in a way that it didn't ruin it. So the Gemara says, well, if he ripped it in a way that didn't ruin it, then maybe that's why he didn't get upset. So the Gemara says, uh, maybe that's why he didn't get upset. Meaning, what are the tests prove? The fact that he didn't get upset, uh, what, what is the proof? So the Gemara says, the case is, he did it, he noticed when he was angry, and he did it, when the, when the son wouldn't uh, be able to, to notice whether he was tearing on the seams or not. So he tested it then. So it's technically not Baltashchus, and it's technically not Lifna Iver, but it was still Taka test. Okay. Now, the Gemara says the following uh, story. Now, this Brisa is completely unrelated to our discussion. 
This is a shayla, a very famous shayla throughout Shas. It comes up a lot. And that is, which of the, the death penalties is the most severe? Is skila worse than sreifa, or is sreifa worse than skila? It's a famous machoikas tanoi. Now, why is it negeya? It's negeya if you're not sure, uh, you're not sure whether the person should get skila or sreifa. You don't want to give him the more severe one. Okay. Um, so why is this Negea? Because there was a discussion amongst the Amir and Tanoim, and the son corrected the father related to these things, and the Gemara felt that he corrected him in a way that was not appropriate. Okay, so what's the case? Masilo Rav Yechezkel Rav Mari, Rami Bray. Rav Yechezkel said over the following Mishnah to his son Rami. And the Mishnah was as follows. You have Hanisrofim bin Nisgalim. Okay, so you got ten criminals in front of you. Okay, nine of them are supposed to get skila. One of them is supposed to get Sreifa, so the majority is Skila. You got one guy who's supposed to get Sreifa, and he gets mixed in. And now we don't remember which one is which. So the question is, so you got one Sreifa in nine Skila. So what do you do? So the Gemara says, Rav Shimon Omer, you don't be Skila, Rav Shimon Shita is, throughout Shas, Sreifa is the worst type of death. Therefore, this one Sreifa guy who's mixed in, we don't want to give him Sreifa. We don't want to give anyone Sreifa. Why? Because Sreifa is the most severe. And if you're supposed to get Skila, you're punishing him more severely than he deserves. So give everyone Skila. Don't give everyone Sreifa. Give everyone Skila because Sreifa is more severe. Now, the case was one Sreifa in nine Skila. And he said, give everyone Skila because Sreifa is the most severe. Let me ask you a question. Forget about that. Just go with Raiv. Right? If the case is the way he said it, that it's one person with Sreifa and nine person getting Skila, they got mixed in. So he said, go with Skila because Sreifa is the most severe. Go with Skila because it's Raif. So the son felt that because of that question, Rav Yechezkel misquoted the Mishnah. And he said, Amalei Rav Yehuda Bray, so Rav Yehuda's son says to Rav Yechezkel, Abba lo tisni hachi. Uh, Dad, don't, don't teach it this way. Not, not, not the right way to teach it. Why? If the majority of the people have skila, then the reason why you give them skila is not because sreif is more chamer, it's because you go with rov. So rather, so the son said, rather you should switch the girsa. The girsa is, the case is where there's one person with skila, nine, pers- nine people getting sreifa, so the majority is sreifa, so you might think you go with sreifa, no, give everybody skila because skila is not as severe. Fine. So you change the girsa. Now the Gemara says, before we address the Kiravim aspect, so you change the Girsa. So the Girsa is one person getting Sreifa in uh, one person getting Skila in nine people getting Sreifa. And the halach is, although the majority is Sreifa, give everybody Skila. Here's the problem. What do the Rabbanans say? The Rabbanan Shita is that Skila is more severe. So they say give everybody Sreifa. Now if over here the majority is Sreifa, why are they saying that Sreifa is less severe? They should just say go with Rove. It's the same problem. Iyachi, the because is more severe. Now, if you're telling me what's correct, if what you're telling me is correct that it's the majority strafa, just say go with majority. Why are they saying the reason why you give strafa is because skila is more severe? Not like our Shimon, just say you go majority. The answer is Amrle Hasam Rabban the Kamala of Shimon. The answer is the Rabban were not addressing the case. They weren't they didn't care about the case. They were telling Rav Shimon. That your concept that you're telling me that Sreifa is more Chamer? No, Skila is more Chamer. Okay, so that's fine. It's more so what's the point of this, Bryce? The point of this, Bryce, is as follows. Amalei Shmuel Rav Yehuda. So Shmuel said to Rav Yehuda, Shin in a sharp one, Loi tame levu Do not talk to your father that way. Meaning you told your father, Loi tisni hachi. Don't teach it that way. 
but you're wrong. Don't, that's not the way to talk to your father. The Tanya, the Bryce says, if your father is doing something wrong, right? So you have to tell him he's doing an Aver, you got to tell him to stop. But Al Yoimerloi, don't tell him, Abba, Avartal Divritar, Dad, you're going against the Torah. You can't do that. Eloimerloi, Abba, Kachkasubatar. Say, it says in the Torah like this, and he'll figure it out. So the Gemara says, Kachkasubatar, it's Yukam Sal. How's that much better, by the way? Dad, you're doing something wrong. That's awesome. He does the same. Don't say, Dad, you're doing something. Dad, it says in the Torah not to do that. It's basically the same thing. I mean, it's pretty. You're both. You're basically telling him what he's doing is wrong. You're just not telling it. It's not as directly. You're still telling him. So the Gemara says, You don't say that the Torah says not to do this, or it says in the Torah not like you. You say, Dad, isn't there a pasuk in the Torah that says like this? And then he says yes, and then he'll figure it out. So you don't even say any accusatory. You just say, Dad, we once learned that in the Torah it says to keep Shabbos. And then he's like, what do you think about that? And then he's supposed to, it's, you know, it's more of a, a okay. The Gemara continues. Elazar ben Masya Oimer, Abba Oimer Ashkeni Maim, if your father says, give me a cup of water, umitz velasais, but at the same time that your father's asking you, kibra veim, you have to go daven, right? Or you have to put on tefillin. So you have kibra veim and a mitzvah. So what do you do? Do the mitzvah. Don't worry about kibra veim. Why? Shani v'abachayav mitzvah. Because your father also has to respect God. Meaning, you have a mitzvah kivavim to respect your father, but you have a mitzvah to listen to God. Your father also has to listen to God. So do the mitzvah. Oh, says the Gemara, Eisi ben Yehuda Aimer says, no, it's not so passionate. Eisi ben Yehuda says, no, if the mitzvah can be done by other people, let other people do the mitzvah, you do kivavim. See, the case of tefillin, no one else can wear tefillin for me. But let's say instead of tefillin, I have an option to kivavim, and I have an option to do to do uh, to go to Tom Cheshavos to help out Tom Cheshavos. So, so the first opinion is Allah ben Masi says do Tom Cheshavos because your father also has to do a mitzvah of chesed. Right? says no. If there are other people to do Tom Cheshavos for you, let other people do Tom Cheshavos and you do kiv ravim. That's an achalik. It's fine. Amr of Masa halach is and that's how we paskin. Amr of Yisro ben Shila, Amr of Masa, Amr of Chizda. Av shemachol kvoida kvoida machol. A father is able to be mechol and is covered. By the way, just Agav, this is a sheet of the Radvaz. It's a very famous sheet of the Radvaz. It's brought down a lot of times in, in uh, Pischachuv, and Yerdeh brings it down many, many times. That although a father could be mechol and is covered, if you still do the mitzvah, you're mechaim a mitzvah. So for the record, while a father could be mechol and is covered, if you choose to still do the mitzvah, you still get a mitzvah. It's not like the mitzvah goes away. Okay, fine. A father could be mechol and is covered, but harav shemachol kvayde A rabbi cannot. A rabbi represents Torah. You can't be mochel on your cover because it's not your Torah. You're representing the Torah of Hashem. So a, fa- a rabbi cannot be mochel on his cover. Okay, is that true? Rav Yosef Amar, no. He says, I disagree. I think a rabbi could be mochel on his cover. Why? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu went before Klal Yisrael to protect them. Hashem is the rabbi of Klal Yisrael, and he was Michael on his covet to protect Klal Yisrael. They say a similar thing with like a mezuzah, right? Hashem is sitting outside guarding us. He's a rabbi, he's our rav. He's much more than that, but like the Shbaruch, who is a din of a rebbe, at least, and he's Michael on his covet. So a rabbi could also be Michael on his covet. I'm a rabbi. So Rava responded, no, Hachi Asha, how do you compare the two? Hasam HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Alma Deleihu, Torah Deleihu, Machal Eliyikrei. Go to the next page. Hacha, Torah Deleihu. The answer is, how do you compare the two? What's your source? Whether a Rebbe could be Michael and his cover? What's the, what's the source that he can? Because Hashem is Michael and his cover. The answer is, of course Hashem could be Michael and his cover. Hashem owns, owns the whole world. He owns Torah. He owns everything. Of course he's Michael and his cover. A Rebbe doesn't own Torah. 
Meaning, if a rabbi's covet is based on his Torah learning and the Torah is HaKadosh Baruch how could a rabbi be Meichel on his covet? Because that's being Meichel on Hashem's covet. Hashem could be Meichel on his own covet, but a rabbi represents God, and how could he be Meichel on, on Hashem? So the Gemara responds, Hadam Rebbe, Rebbe actually took it back. He says, in Torah delay, I take it back. A Torah is his. The answer is, when you learn Torah, it becomes your Torah. So you're actually able to be Meichel on it. Fine. So, Rebbe's conclusion is that a rabbi could be Meichel on his covet. Now here's the problem. The problem is there's a story that Eini is true. Harava Mashki Behilula Debrei. Rava himself was serving wine at, a, at his son's wedding. He was the one pouring the drinks. Now when you pour drinks and you're the rabbi, that's a way of you're being Meichel your covet, right? If you're the one just pouring shots, I, I think that you're being Meichel your covet. So he's going around with a bottle of wine, going from table to table. Rava's pouring wine pouring shots of alcohol at his son's wedding. Okay. And he goes to one table. Dali Kostler of Poplar of Hunabreder of Yeshua. He offers a cup to Rav Poplar of Hunabreder of Yeshua. Become a Kameh. And they stood up before him. They showed him honor. Even though he's Michael is covered, they stood up. Fine. But then he gets to the table of Rav Mari and Rav Pinchas, Breder of Chizda. They didn't stand for him. Rava gets upset. Rava got upset. He says, So I'm a rabbi to them and not a rabbi to you? Stand up. Okay. It's a little awkward. That's, that's what happened at the wedding. See, here's the kasha. He's being Michael on his covet. He's pouring the wine. So what's he getting upset? that they, He himself holds that a rabbi could be Michael on his covet. So he's being Michael on his covet. So why is he upset that they didn't stand up for him? He's Michael on his covet. That's the whole point of this. Kasha number one. Similar story. Vesu, Rav Papa, Avamashka, Be'elu, Abamari, Bray. Rav Papa, same story. Rav Papa was pouring wine at his son's wedding. Dali Kasa, Rav Yitzchak, Bray, Rav Yehuda. He offers a cup to Rav Yitzchak, Bray, Yehuda. Vali Kamekame, he didn't stand up. He got upset. Same Kasha. You're pouring the wine. You're being Michael on your covet. If you're being Michael on your covet, then why are you upset? They're not standing up for you. The answer is, The answer is, although he was Michael on his covet, he felt they should do this. They should just stand up a little. He said, like, I understand that you don't have to show me a lot of covet. You should show that you want to be my, you want to show me covet. That 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 he felt. Okay, interesting. Amr of Ashi, Ashi says, even if you hold that a rabbi could be Michael and his covet, but a nasi cannot. Now this is a, a little bit related. That we were talking about this yesterday, two days ago. Yesterday, the Gemara on uh, Brachis with Rav Yeshua and Rav Gamliel. It's an interesting story. Uh, Rav Gamliel was Michael and his covet. And Rav Yeshua said, okay, cool. And other Rav said, no. And this is part of the discussion. We're saying right now that a Nasi cannot be Michael on his covet. But basically, this is a very long story that shows that Rav Gamliel was. And he was a Nasi. So, could he or can Oh, no, no, this is during when he was still a Nasi. So the, the following story. The story goes that you have Rav Eliezer, Rav Yeshua, and Rav Tzadik. They're by Rav Gamliel's son's wedding. Rav Gamliel is standing up, waiting tables and serving wine. He's going from table to table serving wine. Now that, again, is being Michael, his covet. He offers a cup to Rav Eliezer, and Rav Eliezer refuses because Rav Eliezer didn't want to take, he felt that it was a bizarre, he didn't want to be pogim on the cover of Gamliel, he refused the wine. Nasler of Yeshua, he offers of Yeshua, but of Yeshua is like, cool, Rav Yeshua takes it, which is interesting, the dynamics. He offers of Yeshua, and he takes it. He takes it. By the way, Rav Eliezer was from Beishamah, Rav Yeshua was from Beishel, it's interesting. The point is, he offers of Yeshua, and Rav Yeshua takes it. 
Okay, a discussion how it happens. Amalei, Rav Eliezer, Rav Eliezer says to Rav Yeshua, Mazi Yeshua, what are you doing, Yeshua? On Yoshev, Rav Gomil, Berebi, Omid, you're going to have the Nasi of Klal Yisrael serve us as a waiter? What are you, what are you doing? So Amalei, Rav Yeshua responds, I've seen greater people be waiters. There were greater peoples historically that were waiters than Rav Gamliel. Who? Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu waited, right? He served the Arabs. They were angels, but he thought they were Arabs. He served them, so why can't Rav Gamliel serve me? You're going to be so careful about Rav Gamliel's covet. Avram was a waiter. Avram was the leader of the generation. And he served these three uh, Arabs. Vishem by the way, this is a very interesting Gemara, because there's a big shayla in, in the Midrashim of whether Avram Avinu knew they were angels. The Bavli believes that he did not know. Because he says, And if you're going to say, Maybe the visitors looked like angels, and that's why he served them, because they were Malachim. They looked like Arabs. See, he thought they were Arabs, and he served them. So I'm going to be so Machman or of Gamliel, or of Gamliel can serve me. If Avram Avinu can serve people, or of Gamliel can serve me. It's interesting. Rav Tzadik then speaks up. Amalem Rav Tzadik. Rav Tzadik is at the table. He says, Forget about Avram Avinu. I have someone even greater than Avram Avinu who is a waiter, and that was HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Meshav Rucha, Ismail Nesiyim, Mairid Matar, Matzmiach Adama, Ares Shulchan, Fnikolach Avechad. Who's the waiter of, who's your waiter? Hashem. He makes it rain, which causes the crops to grow. You only have food because of him. So Hashem is taking, Hashem is Moichel and his covet to be your waiter. You don't think Rav Gamliel can be a waiter? Vanu layer of Gamliel, See, here's the kasha. This story very clearly shows that they were allowing not, Rav Gamliel to be Moichel and his covet. I thought a Nasi can't be Moichel and his covet. So the Gemara says, Ali change the girsa. Am Rav Ashi, A Nasi can be Moichel and his covet, according to Rav Yeshua and according to Rav Tzadik. But a melech cannot. A king cannot be meichel on his covet because why? Because the pasuk says, "Soim tasim alecha melech shetei masi alecha." Soim tasim alecha melech. The king has to be on top of you. You have to fear the king. The king cannot be meichel on his covet. That that's not allowed. Okay. Now, uh, from here into the end of the daf, we're dealing with the mitzvah of menei seva tokum v'hadarta penei zaken. So the pasuk says, "Menei seva tokum." Right? You stand up before someone who's old v'hadarta penei zaken, and you. You stand up before a zakin, old. So basically the Pasuk says twice, stand up before an old person. So we paskin, and this is the conclusion of the Gemara, is that the two terminologies is one is someone old, above the age of 70, and one is someone who's a rabbi, even if they're under the age of 70. But that's going to be this, this discussion. Tan Rabbanam, Benei you stand up before an old person. You might think you should stand up for someone who's not learned, meaning someone who's ignorant, Ashmai actually, Rashi says, is more like a bad person, like a guilty person. Right? Ashmai is like Oshem. So you might think that you might think that uh, you have to stand up for someone. Rashi says, Oshem, Oshem, Russia, the Amaret, someone who's not learned and who's evil. You might think you have to just stand up for a Russia who's old. Tamalem Rezakin. So according to this Gemara, it's Seva means old, Zakin means rabbi. You put it together, it has to be an old rabbi. Okay? Rav Yosei Aglili Amar, he says something very similar. Ein zakim mishakalim chachma. Zakim means chacham. Shenemar, Hashem kanani reishes darke. Now, by the way, they're both saying the same thing. The first one says you have to be a tamal chacham. This one also says you have to be a tamal chacham. So what's the machlokas? We'll get to it in a second. Fine. Now, let's just go through the finish of the b'risa. Yochel yamen b'fanam imerachak, mimakim rachok. People do this at weddings. It's not so appropriate. You might think that you should stand up for him when he's very far away. Meaning, 
You're only obligated to stand up for an older person when they get to Dalit Amis. So you might think you should stand up when they enter the room, even though it's very far away. The Pasuk says you should stand up and show him honor. You only stand up when there is honor, meaning only when they're within Dalit Amis, so it's clear that you're standing up for their covenant. By the way, by the wedding, it could be you stand up because everyone knows you're standing up for them even when it's further Dalit Amis. The point is, you only stand up when it's clear that it's Hidr, which is Dalit Amis. Okay. You might think that you have to spend money to honor him, right? Pastor says to honor him. Maybe it means I have to spend money to honor a zakin. Stand up in honor. It's just like standing up causes, it doesn't cost anything. So to the honor that you have to show a rabbi, you're not obligated to spend money to show honor to a rabbi. Okay. You might think that you should show honor and stand up for him when you're in the bathroom. Right? He walks into the, the mikveh, you should stand up. You only have to show him honor. You only have to stand up when it's an honorable place, as opposed to a bathroom or a merchatz, which is not an honorable place. There's no chiv to show covet in such a place. You might think that you could just close your eyes when he comes by and be like, I don't see him. What was the line from the famous person? If I don't see it, it's not illegal. Right? I'll close my eyes. Right? I, uh, you know, I don't see it. I don't have to stand it. I don't have to stand up for him because I don't see him. The Pasuk says you stand up. Fear God. Just like God knows, meaning the cover that you have to show him is based on fearing God. Hashem knows. So you can close your eyes all you want, but uh, you're not fooling anybody. If you're trying to fool people, maybe you'll fool people. You're not fooling God. Rav Shem ben Elazar Oimer, so we said before, now okay, he adds one more halacha, let's say you're the old man, right? You know when you, stand, when you walk in the room, everyone's going to have to stand up. You have two options. You can go in the side door and avoid making everybody stand up, or you can go walk in the front door and make everybody stand up. How do I know that the old man is obligated to take the side door to not bother other people? The zakin also has to fear God. Okay, fine. Now, we had a discussion till now. We had two opinions. The first opinion is that it has to be that the old man is a rabbi. The second opinion also says Zakin is a chacham. We'll see the difference between these two. And then you have a third sheet, and that is Asi ben Yehuda. He says, He says, No, any old man. The old man could be ignorant. The old man could even be a rasha. You have to stand up for every old man. They don't have to be a chacham at all. That's Asi ben Yehuda's opinion. The question is, what is the machloikas between the, two, the first two views? The first view says you have to be old and a chacham. The second view says, You have to be a chacham. They both say chacham. So what's the difference? What's the difference between Rabbi Yosei and the Tanakama? The difference is, what if you're under 70 and a Tamil chacham? Meaning, the Tanakama feels that you have to, to stand up you only have to stand up for one person, according to Tanakama. A zakin who is a chacham. An elder who is a chacham. You understand, that's the first opinion, that it has to be a zakin and a chacham. The, the second opinion, which is Rav Yosei says, no, there's two people you have to stand up for. You have to stand up for a zakin, as long as he's not a rasha, and a chacham, even if he's 20 years old. So it's a zakin or chacham, not zakin and a chacham. Okay, so that's the machloek. According to Rav Yosef Glili, it's either a chacham or a zakin. According to Tanakama, it's a zakin who is a chacham. So my time there, Rav Yosef Glili. What's Rav Yosef Glili's source that it's both? He says, If it was actually one person, Let me read you the pasuk just outside. You stand up for a seva. And you show covet to a zakin. The words are separated. 
if it applies to two different people, they say Vatokim is one person, if it's a Pnezakim, it's a second person. Says Rav Yossi, if the Tanakam is right that it's one person you send up for, an old Tamachachim, then it should say Pnei Seva Zakin Vahadarta. Put Seva and Zakin together. The, pa- the fact that it says Pnei Seva Vatokim Vahadarta Pnei Zakin implies they're two separate people. The Gemara is in Maisha, the Fliger Rachman, the Lamemer, the High Lav High, the High Lav High, two separate people, Shmam Nafin, the Yarvachachim. Tanakama, how does he respond? He says, if, you, if, if you're right, but if it would be written that way, you wouldn't have the word Zakin next to Viaresa, which we had before, is the source that a Zakin should not walk in through the main door, he should walk through the side door, because it says Zakin, then it says Viaresa, means the Zakin also has to honor, meaning you're right, it actually is only one person, so why does the Pasuk write it that way? It's a little misleading. For the other Drushes. Okay, end with this. Tanakama, my time. What's the reason Tanakama that he feels that it's actually one person you have to stand up for? Izakin, who is a chacham. He says, Rav Yosi Haglili. If Rav Yosi Haglili was correct that it's two independent people, The answer is, he says, I'll tell you why it's 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 one person. It says, They're two different words. If it was actually two independent people, it would be, It would have the same words. The fact that it's, Different words means that it's actually one person. And the Seva, the Hadar, and the Hidr, and the Tikkun are all talking about one, one separate person. Okay, stop there.